Hey there, educational rock stars. Are you feeling overwhelmed with lesson planning for your English language learners? Well, I've got some exciting news for you. Introducing our upcoming free webinar, Simplify Your Approach, Three Time-Saving Routines for ELL Success. Join me for a power-packed 45 minutes that's set to revolutionize your teaching strategy. In this webinar, we'll dive into three practical, easy-to-implement routines that will not only enhance your ELL teaching methods, but also save you hours of planning time. Yes, hours. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, these insights are tailored to help everyone make the most of their teaching time. Plus, you'll leave this webinar ready to implement these routines the next day. So mark your calendars for our two upcoming dates. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to transform your ELL lesson planning. To reserve your spot, simply sign up at www.equippingells.com slash routines. Trust me, your future self will thank you for it. I'll see you at the webinar. Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Boucher, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Equipping ELLs podcast. I am so grateful that you are joining me here today. I also cannot believe that we are almost coming up to the 100th episode of the Equipping ELLs podcast. It's so incredible and so hard to believe that we're almost there. And so I'm looking for some ways to do a big celebration when we hit our 100th episode, which is going to happen here in November. And one of those ways is I would absolutely love to feature you. I hear from many of you all the time, um, whether you're in the Equipping ELLs membership or just through email, but different ways that this podcast has really made a difference in you showing up and teaching your English language learners. And so I would absolutely love to hear one way that this podcast has helped you to do that. One way that this has transformed your teaching or just given you some ideas or helped you feel more excited to teach your English language learners or help to alleviate some of the stress that comes around with teaching English language learners. Whatever it is, I would love to feature you here on the podcast. So if you have one minute, and literally that's all it has to be, it could be a little longer if you want, but if you have one minute, Will you click in the show notes? There is going to be a link where you can go and leave a voice message that I can play here on the podcast. And I would love, love, love to hear different ways that this podcast has helped you and helped your students grow in the last year or two. If your message is featured, then you will win a free month to equipping ELLs. And then also we will be choosing one grand prize winner that will be winning a free year subscription to the equipping ELLs membership. So Go and click in the show notes, leave me a quick message. It will tell you what to share about and you might be featured on our 100th episode celebration, which is happening in just a couple weeks. 
All right, let's dive into today's episode. Now, I've been doing a lot of planning and a lot of thinking about where we're going to go in these next couple months here on the Equipping Yellows podcast. There's so many different ways we could go, but there's two things I really am going to focus on in the next couple months. One, there's going to be some guests, which I love, love, love having guests on here. But the two different places we're going to be focusing on are going deeper into scaffolds, what that looks like, what are some scaffolds to use, how this practically looks when you're teaching a lesson and adding in those scaffolds. That's where we're going to go next. And then we're going to be going into a deep dive on vocabulary. So I'm going to be doing a variety of podcasts in November and December on really hitting on vocabulary development and how can we help our students with that. So I'm super excited about those topics. And as I was just researching and thinking about these two topics, there's some things that I came across. I was like, you know what? Before we get into those, I'm going to do one quick episode kind of to finalize the back to school, getting ready for the school year, all of that, wrap it up into one episode, which I'm going to be sharing today, which is really sharing with you things that you should be doing more of this year that will absolutely help your English language learners succeed. There's a lot that happens at the beginning of the year. We get so overwhelmed with what's happening. We, you know, kind of can lose sight quickly of what's important. So today I just want to take us back to those really simple but practical things that will 100% make a difference in how your ELLs engage and how they show up with you this year. So let's dive in. There are five different things that I want you to do more of this year. Here we go. Here are five things to do more of this year when working with your ELL students. The first thing is to let them take lead. So often in school, we already have everything set up, everything planned, how the classroom is decorated, where things go, standards we have to hit, assessments we need to teach to. And we forget that our students are the ones that matter. Our students are the one that we want them to be engaged and motivated. And without that, learning is not going to happen. So as you look into this next week or these next couple weeks, I want you to highlight ways that your students are going to take charge on their learning, that they're going to take the lead, that they're going to have choice and that you're going to give that to them, that you're going to let them choose, you know, whether it's down to what reading passage they want to work on or what topic they want to learn about, you're going to give them some choices. Because without that, if they're just coming to school and playing this game of school and figuring out, okay, this is how I have to survive in education here in the U.S. I need to to just sit quietly and I need to raise my hand and I need to, you know, do X, Y, Z, but they're not engaged, they're not excited, then there is not going to be that motivation to learn. And let me tell you, especially when it comes to learning a language, if there is not a motivation to learn, they could take years and years of a language, but it's not going to stick. And and truly, that's what happened to me. I mean, I took years of it and did not really care to learn that language. I did it out of having to do that for the credit. And it wasn't until I moved here and really had a desire because I wanted to speak to people that I was in contact with. I wanted to speak to people here that I was in relationship. I wanted to be able to communicate myself and not have this language barrier. That's when the language started to flow really easily because I had a purpose. I had some motivation of why I wanted to learn. So find ways to let your students take lead, whether it's bringing them into the rules of the classroom. Does that mean that you don't, they don't, you don't have any say in that? No, you know how to kind of guide them through that, but letting them have a voice is so important into their engagement 
and into their motivation for learning. So highlight over the next week or two different ways that you can let them have choice and take the lead. Number two, play more games. And I want to put this out there because last week in the um, Equipping ELLs, one of our community trainings, one of our members said, Beth, you know what? I played some games this week and it was so much fun. I got to know my students. We were laughing together. I forgot how powerful games can be. And I thought, you know what? That is something that I'm going to put on this list because we know games are powerful, but sometimes we think there's not that time in the school day or in the week to incorporate games. But when we're trying to teach students a new language and it's scary and there's you know, anxiety involved and speaking in front of your peers is, especially if you're working with middle schoolers, um, can probably be the most embarrassing thing that they'll think of. Games are huge to do so that you're removing all of those fears and you're making it a fun and exciting opportunity to learn the language. And you can be purposeful in your games that you're choosing to play. Maybe it's working on different grammar skills that they need support in or different vocabulary or You could just be setting up that you have a few go-to games when you have an extra 10 minutes or when your students just really are having a hard time with a lesson and maybe you're having a hard time teaching it and think, you know what, let's restart tomorrow. Let's spend the last 10 minutes getting to know each other, laughing together, building that community, working on language and play a game. So I've talked about games a lot in here. I think we even have an episode about specific games. If not, we have a blog post about it that we can find. But go to Goodwill. Go to the resale shops. Fine. There's so many language games out there. So you could have a specific game that you are pulling out that you use with the different groups that you work with. There's some higher level, harder games like Taboo or Tribond that are great for your intermediate ELLs. It really helps them to think outside you know, the norms of what they're learning and really apply through playing that game. So I want to give you permission this year to play more games, whether, you know, it's as simple as just doing bingo and memory more often, or whether you want to just be on the lookout for some games that are available for really cheap at the resale shops and start to incorporate those in. Maybe it's a fun Friday. Maybe it's a whole class management thing that if they get a certain number of points then they get to have 20 minutes of game time, something like that, make it an incentive, but Start to incorporate more games into your learning. Your students will thank you for it. Number three is to use quality literature. And, you know, literature, if you've been listening here or if you've been just a part of this for a while, you know how much I absolutely love literature and using good books to guide language learning. I think it's a simple thing to do as teachers, and I think it's a powerful way to develop language skills, but also to build connections to our students. And so I want to encourage you this year to really be mindful of the text that you are using. I think it's so important that you use books. There are so many amazing books right now that are hitting on the stories that our students have experienced or just hitting on the cultural identity of the students that are in our classroom. So go and look for stories like that. You know, be mindful if it's appropriate for the grade level you're working with. Go and take a look for those really diverse literature stories that you can bring into your classroom and let your students see themselves. But then also bring in some quality literature of just 
some more classic literature as well. There's so many ways that they can build their language skills through doing a chapter book read aloud, where maybe you're not even doing a lot of teaching during it, but you're just letting them develop some really beautiful literature skills by listening by listening to, you know, some different vocabulary that they might not hear in their everyday literature activities, just building some of those storylines that they're able to connect then to other things that are happening. There's just a such, there's such a richness about some classic literature pieces. And so finding ways to incorporate that into your weeks is really a, a really helpful thing for your students. Now I know, especially if you're working with older students, and maybe you have to do some of these classic literatures. I'm thinking like Romeo and Juliet. And you might think this is so hard to have my level two student try to understand this book. So find ways, get creative, do some ch- chunking of the chapters. You know, you don't have to read everything word for word. Maybe it's more of giving them the gist. Also, you might want to check out, I saw recently on Saddleback Books, they have a whole series, tons of different classic literatures that have been simplified for ELLs. And so it's really helping them to still get the beautiful storylines to get the, you know, the different themes and just the different plots and working on different story elements with those classic literature pieces, but not having the weight of having to read the full chapter book. So that might be something if you're teaching older grades, check those out. You even just getting one for yourself that you could do as a read aloud with younger students. There is a lot of power behind using diverse reads and also really rich literature in your classroom. And there's not a lot of extra prep time. So use good literature. (laughs) All right, let's move on to number four. This year, I want you to do more of providing your students with opportunities to talk. I want you to really reflect after you teach a lesson and say, how much, how many minutes of that lesson was me talking and how many minutes of it was given to my students to have them talk? Because I think when we start to reflect, this could even come down to you videotaping yourself because I remember having a video record myself teaching and I thought, wow, I called on the same three kids that whole lesson. Wow, I talked, you know, 80% of that lesson and my students sat and listened for that 80%. And it was very, very eye-opening because I didn't think that. I thought, you know, I'm doing a lot of cooperative learning strategies. My students are talking all the time. And I realized three important things that I was talking too fast, that I was really kind of calling on the same students. I wasn't giving my kids think time, actually four things. I wasn't giving my kids think time and I was talking way too much. And so seeing myself and having that outside perspective really helped me to figure out ways to cut down on my talk time or break it up with, you know, doing cooperative learning strategies or just adding in more think pair shares or letting them get up and move and and talk in that way. But make this a priority this year. I promise you, if they are just taking it in and they are not speaking, they will not advance as quickly as they could. If you are giving them though time every single day where they are speaking with their peers in conversation, applying what they've been learning in a way that's, you know, natural, that's not on the spot. They're not having to do it in front of everybody, but doing a lot of cooperative learning strategies. And I'm going to have an upcoming episode specifically about cooperative learning strategies to use that will promote conversation. So if you're like, I don't know which ones to use, don't worry, that episode will be coming soon, but let 
them talk. That is the best way that they are going to be able to apply what they've been hearing, what they've been learning, applying new vocabulary, using those words in context with peers. That is where they are going to expand and to grow. So really reflect on your teaching and see what's the ratio of you talking to them talking and how can you break that up? Yes, once, you know, maybe at the beginning of the week, if you're doing more front loading and you're doing some pre-teaching, that's understandable that you might have, you might be talking more that day, but how can you then break up the week where there's other days where you're doing a lot less talking and they're doing a lot more group work and activities like that, where you're letting them really apply what they're learning and also creating that atmosphere and that expectation that talking is a part of this class. And that's what they're going to expect when they come in your class. If you set that standard from the beginning, even with your newcomers. So make it fun, but let them have opportunities to talk. And then the last tip of things to do more of this year, and this is kind of actually It's like do less of this and do more of this, okay? So this is more on you. But I want you to do less thinking that your students need to be taught every new vocabulary word, that it's all dependent on you of them learning vocabulary. And instead, I want you to really think about your students as becoming these word detectives, okay? As I have been, you know, thinking about some of these upcoming podcasts where we're going to be talking about vocabulary, And just thinking how we do put that pressure on ourselves many times as teachers that it is up to us to make sure that we're front loading all the vocabulary, that we're giving them the definitions, that we're connecting them to cognates, that we are, you know, we are doing all this work. And there is, yes, a time and a place for that. And those are things that are good that we should be doing. But more, I don't want you to put the pressure on yourself that it's all up to you to be the one that helps them to learn all the new words. I think this year, if you can look at your students and really create an atmosphere and environment where learning language is like being a detective, where you're really focusing instead of just on these, you know, specific front-loading vocabulary words that they're going to hear one time and then probably not use it very often in conversation, or there's really no connection to anything else. It's not going to be a word that they see very often. Instead of pinpointing those words, let's focus on pinpointing words that they are able to then use in multiple settings. So focusing on things like root words, prefixes, suffixes, cognates, all those types of things as they then start to get and build this love for learning new words because they start to see how, oh, this word that has this prefix, look at, I see another word that has that same prefix. And now let me be a word detective and start to figure this out. And this kind of goes actually too with like playing games. You know, as you introduce that prefix, put a poster somewhere up in the room and be detectives to see how many words that week can you hear Can you read it? Can you find where they're using that prefix and create a list? Do it together as a class, become explorers of words together. And a lot of times that happens if you are excited about learning words. And if you're learning, you know, maybe you have your students, you, you have them teach you some words in their native language. So they're just seeing that naturally happen from you that you're excited about language learning about vocabulary learning because you're interested in their native language or maybe you you know, everyday setup, there's a podcast about a new word a day, or, you know, there's tons of sites like that that you could pull it up and together, you can do some deep dive into 
vocabulary and start to see, you know, making connections to other words that they are aware of, or maybe even their native language or going into the nouns and verbs and talking about the word itself and what does this mean? How can you use it in a sentence? All of these things really, you want to create that type of environment where you are not the one that's solely responsible for them to be understanding new vocabulary words, but you want to unlock that excitement in them to become word detectives so that it is going to pour over into other classes that they're in. They're going to see words that they're going to be able to make connections when they're in their science class and they see, oh, bio, I learned what this means. And now, you know, I'm going to apply it to this class. Oh, I, it makes sense. We want to be forming those connectors. We don't want them to be relying on us to be the one that has the key to unlock new vocabulary development. So take that pressure off of you. Keep doing those things. Those are important. But remember, we want to keep passing the responsibility onto our students as well so that they take responsibility, that they don't see us as, you know, the sole person who's going to scaffold everything for them and provide all of that information for them, but that they actually have the opportunity to explore language themselves and to grow in their vocabulary. So I'm super excited for those episodes that will be coming up soon. Just to recap today's episode, things to do more of this year for your ELLs to have success. One, let them take lead. Two, play more games. Three, use quality literature. Four, provide more opportunities for them to talk. And five, create an atmosphere where your students are becoming word detectives and excited about exploring and developing vocabulary on their own. That's it. Let me know what your big takeaway is. Let me know which one you're going to try this week. And again, don't forget, I want to feature you on our upcoming 100th episode of the Equipping ELLs podcast. So click in the show notes and record a quick voice message letting us know how this podcast has helped you. And if we put your recording on that 100th episode, you will win a free month to Equipping ELLs. And then one lucky person will win a whole year subscription. So thanks everybody for listening. We'll also have a ton of other exciting giveaways going on that week. So stay tuned. That's it for today. I will see you next week as we go into scaffolds. Stay tuned. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done-for-you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.